Pianist Orly Shaham here, your host for today's From the Top podcast. Thanks for downloading. And if you like what you hear today, remember, we're a small, independent, non-profit organization. Please consider making a contribution to our efforts at fromthetop.org. On with the show! From NPR. It's From the Top. Celebrating the power of music. In the hands of America's kids. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm pianist Orly Shaham, and I'll be your guide today as we meet a whole new crew of From the Top's typically atypical young musicians. Like the teenage violist on the program, a young woman who exudes so much positivity and exuberant joy, she put me and everybody on the staff of From the Top in a profoundly happy place for the rest of the day. She'll do the same for you. She also speaks very poetically about her autism and the effect music has had on her life. I want to thank the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism for sponsoring today's program, based here in Boston. Let's start with a Spanish serenade, or I should say a Spanish serenade as it was imagined by a Russian composer, Alexander Glazunov. To play it, we have a very talented 15-year-old cellist from San Francisco. His name is Elijah de Lamotte, and collaborating with him at the piano is Miles Graber. Thank you. 
That was Spanish Serenade by Alexander Glazunov, performed by 15-year-old Elijah de la Motte from San Francisco, California, with Miles Graber at the piano. Elijah, your performance is so stylish and so full of energy. It's like you're really loving every phrase in that piece. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I understand your house is an extremely musical place. Tell me about your family. Well... I have nine siblings. Wow. We actually all play music, so we have a couple violinists. It's too hard to like count like right now, but <laughs> um, two cellists, a bassist, and a violist. So I got to ask, nine siblings, so many instruments. Is there always somebody practicing? Yeah. Um, so the neighbors um, definitely like didn't want to hear that, especially during COVID. Um, having to work from home. So each yeah. day, my dad, um, very nice of him, takes us to um, takes us to a park to practice. And, yeah, that's where we do a lot of our practicing. That's such a beautiful thing to do in the nature and all that loveliness. But what do you do when it rains? Um, yeah, so I found a parking garage and, I mean... The people who, like, take care of it, are they're just chill. They don't really, I mean, they don't care. They're, they just wave and stuff, so. I love that juxtaposition of the sort of the concrete parking garage and then your beautiful, gorgeous cello tones coming out of it. So, Elijah, given the musical level that you've already achieved at your age, I think people may be surprised to learn that you've been living with a condition that some would consider a pretty big hurdle to pursuing music. Can you talk about that with us? Yeah, sure. So um, since I was born, I've had um, high-frequency hearing loss in my left ear. And so uh, when my mom started um, my siblings on instruments, um, well, she chose, like, violin, but um, for me, she chose the cello because it's definitely, um, like, a lower-frequency instrument. And um, it's also also the prettiest so yeah <laughs> well I, I i feel that way too i i played the cello for a few years as a teenager and i nice i just i just love that sound you know it coming yeah. so close to your body so is there a treatment for this kind of hearing loss um well yes and no i mean um so i've had I also have a perforated eardrum, which is in my left ear, which is believed to have caused some of the hearing loss. And so actually just a month ago, I had um, my third and hopefully final surgery to try and close up the perforation. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I had my first one when I was four, and then it was pretty much unsuccessful. And then um, the second one when I was 10, it was, it was, I think it worked out better, but then um, I'm hoping this one will be the final, you know, final one. Well, we're all hoping that as well. And, and we're just delighted to say that From the Top is leaping in to support you on your musical journey. Thank you. You're getting one of our Jack Kent Cook Young Artist Awards. Do you have any sense of what you might do with that grant? 
Um, so my cello is getting really small, and um, I need a full size. So <laughs> we're definitely going to be using uh, the funds for that. So thank you guys so much. Well, I, I, I must argue in the cello's defense that it's probably you who are getting too big for the cello. But uh, All right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Elijah, for playing for us today. Thank you so much. Elijah Delamont, 15, from San Francisco, California. If you subscribe to From the Top's podcast, you can download whatever episodes you want and listen on demand. They're available at fromthetop.org. For the last 15 years... From the Top and the Jack Kent Cooke Foundation have awarded over $3 million in scholarships to talented young musicians who have financial need. We still have more to give. Go to fromthetop.org to learn more. The next young musician we're going to meet absolutely submerges herself in the music as she plays. She's a violist, and as soon as she pulled her bow across the strings for the first note, she went to a whole other place. And at the piano, I got to go there with her. And it was funny because then, in total contrast, when she came out of this musical reverie, she was absolutely as light as can be, bubbly and full of laughter, so fun, committed to wherever she was. Her name is Nicolette Sullivan Kotza. She's 18 and from Hokessin, Delaware. She and I performed excerpts from the first movement of the viola sonata in B-flat major by Henri Viotin.
We heard excerpts from the first movement of the Viola Sonata in B-flat major by Henri Viotin, performed by 18-year-old violinist Nicolette Sullivan-Cotza from Hokessin, Delaware. I had the pleasure of collaborating with her at the piano. Nicolette, that was so much fun. I love your playing. It's so deep and so luscious and so filled with energy. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was so thrilled to play with you. Like, it was just like, it was just, it really was a dream come true for me. <laughs> well, I was thrilled as well, and I love this piece. So I want to ask you, your initial reasons for pursuing music as a child were a little bit different than I think a lot of our from-the-top performers. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes. Um, when I was four years old, I was diagnosed on the autism spectrum, and my, my mother realized very early on that I reacted very well to music and that I really had a passion for it. Mm. So she enrolled me in a lot of music lessons and music therapy. And by the age of, by soon afterwards, she introduced me to the violin, which I loved to pieces. <laughs> and honestly, like through music, like I've learned so many really important skills, such as learning how to like work with others, learning how to communicate, yes. learning how to be less rigid and be more flexible and... There are just so many skills, and also it's been a really big comfort for me because I'm able to really soothe myself and express myself through my music, I think, and it's really been a very important thing for my entire life. 
That is so lovely. And I think, you know, it's, it's true for you. And in, in many ways, everything you've just said is really true for each one of us. And you've described that you have synesthesia, which is that perceptual phenomenon some people have where their senses kind of mix and affect each other. Like a person with synesthesia might see a color really vividly when they hear music or they might taste some food. Do you find that this is a helpful thing as a music student? Yes. It helped me interpret and express the music better. Um, I had recently an experience where I was working with a group of students at the Juilliard School, and one of the students was playing the opening of Beethoven's Sonata Opus 78, uh, which happens to be in a key that has six sharps. And I asked the students to talk about those six sharps and how that made them feel, you know, what, what associations they had. And I'm wondering, do you ever have a different experience that is specifically related to keys? Yes. Pieces and keys, a lot of times key signatures like a scale or an arpeggio would have a very unique flavor, I mean, or smell or, or um, um, like color to it. So would you mind if we do like a little, a little interesting experiment? I'd like to play some Beethoven for you and mm -hmm. then just hear your reaction about the keys, what you're feeling and seeing. Mm -hmm. The first one is in D major. It's the opening of Beethoven's Sonata Opus 28. That one is very, that one's blue like the sky, and it has a slight scent of cotton candy. I love that sky blue idea, like it's just floating. Yes. And this second one is in F sharp. It is the opening of Beethoven's Sonata Opus 78. That one's a really pretty color. That one's that one has like a very dark orange. Very, it's like a very, it's very warm, and it does smell like that kind of scent you would get from like pumpkin pie, like a very sweet scent. I think you really hit on the warmth of that key, right? That feeling of just being hugged. Mm -hmm. When I think about you growing up with autism, I'm guessing there's a lot of kids that if they're on the spectrum, they might wonder, can I also be an advanced musician the way that you are? What would you say to any autistic young person who might be listening? I actually would give them like very similar advice to what I would give to like any other person who really wants to pursue music. I would tell them to just really do what you, just go for what you love to do and never really give up on your dreams and aspirations because I, if you really keep working at it, even if things get really difficult and there's a lot of challenges that might present itself, you can, re you can really accomplish it when you really put your mind to it. That's great advice. Thank you for being such a wonderful role model, not only to other young people, but really to me, to everybody listening. Thank you so much, Nicolette. Thank you very much. Nicolette Sullivan-Kotza, 18, from Hokessin, Delaware. Pianist Orly Shaham here, and okay, are you sitting down? You may want to sit down in order to get ready for a serious shift in mood. We're going to move from the utterly joyful world of Nicolette and her exuberant approach to life and focus inward. We're going to dive in to experience the deeply meditative and turbulent world of the Chopin Nocturne. 
to play it, a fantastic 16-year-old pianist from the Boston area, Natalie Zhang. We'll hear Natalie perform Frederick Chopin's Nocturne in C Minor, Opus 48, Number 1.
16-year-old pianist Natalie Zhang from Weston, Massachusetts, performed The Nocturne in C Minor, Opus 48, Number 1, by Frederick Chopin. Natalie, that was stunning. Thank you. That piece, to me, it's just really one of Chopin's most powerful, which is saying something already. And it's so deep and emotional. And I love how you just embraced everything that it had every time that I heard you play it. Thank you. Thank you. Music is only one of your artistic talents. I hear you have quite a few. Haven't you won some awards for your writing as well? Yes, so I won a regional award in the Scholastic Art and Writing Awards for one of my poems that I wrote. It was actually for one of the piano pieces I'm playing. And I also won an animation award with a contest hosted by Piano Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And it was basically to combine classical music with technology of some sort. So I thought it was a perfect opportunity for me to use my digital art skills. And clearly that kind of combining of artistic dis disciplines is something that you're really interested in. What do you think that sort of thing achieves? What's the point of that combination? Well, in my school, my classmates don't really listen to classical music, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty unfortunate in my opinion. And I think that by adding visuals and also writing poetry that kind of serves as like lyrics in a way, uh, it will help them become more close with the music. And it shows how I interpret the music as well, which I think is pretty important. I love that you're drawing in audiences and trying to share your passion, finding pathways to communicate with others. So you're quite the multidisciplinarian. <laughs> and I thought since you are so interested in that sort of thing, you embrace it, we're going to do a little something that draws on that experience for our listeners. I asked you to read a bit of a poem that you wrote, and we've mixed it with some music that inspired it. Can you introduce this? It was written for Chopin's Preludes, Opus 28, mm -hmm. just the whole series in general. And it's basically about when Chopin went to Mallorca for a supposed vacation, but it turned out being him um, sitting in a monk's cell in a monastery while his lover and kids were somewhere else. And he was just left alone with his illness and it was raining endlessly. So you can definitely hear the water and the rain in the preludes. Let's listen to it. Raindrops knock on stone in the tempo of a frail heartbeat. Far away, the ocean moans with waves of black and white. The monastic bell awakens, a knell amidst the darkness of night, swinging with a perilous rhythm, a struggle between major and minor. A turbulent accelerando, a crescendo of swirling, heaving waves. The heart tugs, lungs gasping for breath. Crimson raindrops trickling down a parched throat, yearning for a miracle. swings his side, and the piano closes like a coffin. That is so powerful. <laughs> I think it's fascinating that you're tapping into all these different ways of communicating. You know, that's what art is really all about. So as you look towards the college experience coming up in your future, do you think you'll try to do something with multiple disciplines? 
Yeah, uh, it's not really set in stone yet, but I'm hoping to major in something art-related, such as art history, while also having a double major in music, since I want to continue this multidisciplinary work beyond college. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your talent with us today. Thank you so much. Natalie Zhang, 16, from Weston, Massachusetts. Enjoying pianist Orly Shaham as she collaborates with our young musicians this week? She's just recorded all of the piano sonatas by Mozart. Volume 1 is available now on Canary Classics. Support for NPR comes from this station. And from the Jack Kent Cook Foundation, providing scholarships to high-achieving students with financial need. JKCF.org. From the Volgenaw Foundation, supporting programs that protect the environment, educate children, and promote classical music. And from the Public Welfare Foundation, committed to advancing a transformative approach to justice that is community-led, restorative, and racially just. Learn more at publicwelfare.org. From NPR, it's From the Top, celebrating the power of music in the hands of America's kids. Today, we welcome back guest host Orly Shaham, who is introducing us to this week's outstanding group of young artists. Coming up, one of Mozart's sonatas for violin and piano, performed by a young sister duo from New York City. Today's program, recorded and produced in Boston, is sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism, offering visitors information about the arts, culture, and history of Boston. The journey begins at visitma.com. Before Mozart, we've got a beautiful new work for solo cello to enjoy. The young composer of this piece is Quentin Blush, and he's also the cellist performer you'll hear. His piece, titled Rustiana, is inspired by Dvorak's time in America and a sort of rustic ideal of the American outdoors.
We heard Rustiana, composed and performed by 20-year-old cellist Quentin Blush from Wake Forest, North Carolina. Quentin, this is such mature writing, such impressive cello playing. I'm so glad to have discovered your music. And I mentioned that I was checking out your website, and man, you write a lot of music, and in lots of different genres, like this stuff. What is this called? What are we hearing? This is Shadow of War. It's a video game loop. Right. Okay, clearly not intended for something like Pac-Man. So <laughs> you really know your way all around this electronic music stuff. This is all computer-generated stuff? Yes, it is. Purely computer, yep. I actually took a, a scoring for video games class and... Uh, we were given, you know, assignments uh, to write uh, loops for certain gameplay. And uh, one of the video games was Shadow of War. And the right. whole idea of a loop, uh, what's interesting about it is that you can't control how long a player takes to complete a certain task or mission. So No, if it's me, it could take forever. <laughs> hey, if it's me, it very well could as well. Um, and so, interestingly, versus, you know, composing to to film or television where you're hitting certain elements or certain uh, s certain scenes. Maybe somebody gets pushed and you, you'll compose something to reflect that. It's more or less just having a certain mood and a feeling and being able to loop that throughout. And so uh, basically it's just this huge combat scene, you know, an epic combat cue. What's clear from your writing is how much you've ingested different styles and your stylistic awareness, in, including in Rastiana, is so uh, crystal clear. It comes across and very high level. And then as a cellist, you're also incredibly accomplished. You toured for two years as a member of the National Youth Orchestra of the United States. You're about to go on tour with the Sphinx Virtuosi. 
you've even also done a little television, right? Oh, yes. I was a hand and body double for this actor uh, in uh, this movie called uh, Nocturne, uh, which is an Amazon Prime movie uh, mm-hmm. that came out, I want to say, maybe a year ago. And basically, uh, in the in the film, uh, the actor I was doubling, he uh, plays cello uh, at this mm-hmm. music school. And uh, we both sort of have the same complexion, both African-American, and uh, they basically needed a you know, a real cellist to come in and, I guess, not make the the, the movie look a little uh, weird with, right. you know, with uh, crazy uh, body positioning, uh, holding the cello. Bowing so, in the left hand. Yeah, bow, yeah exactly. So, you know, I came in and uh, basically was him for, for the scene. And, you know, they didn't show my face, of course, but I had the wig and I had a, the whole like, costume on. And cool. So that was uh, a very, very fun time. Yeah, well, that kind of celebrity aside, I I also learned that one of the things that you value most in performing are those smaller, more intimate musical exchanges. Like, uh, what sort of small performances have you really enjoyed, and what is it that you love about that? Yeah, so uh, every Christmas time, uh, I'm usually uh, at my uh, grandmother's house uh, down in Georgia, and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all extended family gathers, and I am somehow chosen as a designated <laughs> pianist, uh, even though I obviously am a cellist at heart. Uh, uh, we all have a great time. You know, everyone's singing, and I'm just enjoying listening while while playing. And uh, it's, it's something about that that's just so, so special. I mean, it's uh, you, it can't get better than that. So beautiful and and such a lovely way to share music with people. Thank you so much for sharing yourself with us today. Of course. Thanks. Thanks so much. Yeah. Quentin Blash from Wake Forest, North Carolina. The young performers on our show are so impressive, sometimes you've just got to see it to believe it. And that's pretty easy to do, actually. Just go to fromthetop.org and check out all the fun video we put out every week. Not only do we have photos and video of our young players making radio with us, we've got our Daily Joy video series, virtual concerts, raucous pop music covers, and more. That's at FromTheTop.org. I'm pianist Orly Shaham, your host for today's From the Top. And my own hometown is Manhattan. I live there with my husband and two boys and little dachshund. And while this wasn't planned, it just so happens that I actually know our next two performers— because they attended the same school as my sons, the special music school at Kaufman Music Center. So through various events there, I've been enjoying watching these two talented young players grow up. They're sisters, Felina Zhang, who's 14 and plays piano, and Nikita Zhang, who's 11 and plays violin. And they brought the first movement of Mozart's Sonata for Violin and Piano in G major, K301, to perform.
14-year-old pianist Felina Zhang and her younger sister, 11-year-old violinist Nikita Zhang, from New York City, performed the first movement of the Sonata for Violin and Piano No. 1, K301, in G major by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. You guys, this is one of my favorite pieces. You know, I'm a little Mozart obsessed these days. And when I was younger, I used to play the sonata with my brother all the time. So watching the two of you have that kind of sibling vibe and this incredible communication was so fulfilling for me to see it come full circle. Thank you. And I know that you not only play music together, but you also write music together. Nikita, what sorts of music have you two composed together? Most songs we've written are about social issues in the world. For instance, in 2020, we wrote a song to encourage grown-ups to vote. 
as well as a song about climate change. Yeah, and um, sometimes our songs are just personal. Um, and for example, we wrote a song about the snow, so stuff that we see outside about our vacations. So we, we've written songs about a very wide variety of topics. I want to play a clip of a song that you wrote, Felina, called Done With Hate. Here it is. Right off the bat, let's get things straight. I am not your model minority. Never have, never will be. Don't put a label on us like you'd have us be. Like we didn't have a voice, like we didn't have pain. Pushing grandmas to the ground, have you got no shame? We are not a virus, there is no kung fu. If you've got a problem with us, the problem is you. There is no time to be afraid in this place I Wow, that is so cool. So you two are confronting anti-Asian stereotypes and hate in that song, which is also a music video, by the way. Felina, what motivated you to take a stand about Asian hate right now through your music? Yeah, um, well, as Nikita said previously, we started writing songs during the pandemic. And as an Asian American, of course, I was very much affected by this rise of anti-AAPI hate. Um, along with the horrific Atlanta shootings. And, um, you know, with all of these strong, motion, strong emotions um, in my heart, I felt like the only way that I could express it was through this newly found voice that I found um, in my songwriting. And, um, you know, confronting these Asian stereotypes, um, all of the lyrics in my rap um, and in the, the musical parts of it, are definitely from the bottom of my heart. And, um, yeah, I think the lyrics are quite self-explanatory. Yeah, you know, some people might assume that because there are so many Asians excelling at classical music, that somehow classical music is free of anti-Asian behavior. But we know that that's not the case, right? Yes, unfortunately. The stereotypes that come in this com very competitive environment, you know, in competitions, when sometimes... You know, judges can't even tell Asians apart. And, you know, there, ha there have been some incidents with, like, master classes and, you know, it's just teachers saying unsensitive things to us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of breaking stereotypes, which you're doing so beautifully with your songs, is it true, Nikita, that you and your sister recently did something we don't think about young classical musicians doing? You performed at a bar in Manhattan? Yeah. We always busk in the park, and this country singer named D.A. Cole came up to us, and he invited us to play, and I've never heard any country songs before, and I was very nervous when I was playing, but a few times we went <laughs> there, and I just improvised with him. That is just awesome. It's so great when these barriers are broken through that universal language of music. And Felina, you're a contributor to a new children's book that actually has a special place in my heart, too. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so the book is called Who is Florence Price? And it's written by the 6th, 7th, and 8th graders of 2020 at the Special Music School at Kaufman Center. Um, and it chronicles the life of Florence Price, 
um, the first African-American woman to be recognized as a composer on the international level. And it's available to pre-order on Amazon and Target. Can you believe that? We made a lockdown episode of my children's series, Orly's Bachyard, all about this book. Uh, and I'm so grateful that you're sharing this story of persistence and passion in this way. Thank you so much, Felina and Nikita Zhang. Thank you. Thank you. Felina and Nikita, ages 14 and 11, respectively, musical sisters from New York, New York. Well, we've reached the end of our time together today. But I hope you've enjoyed hearing the voices and music of the young musicians on today's program as much as I have. I want to thank them all, Elijah, Nicolette, Natalie, Quentin, Felina, and Nikita, for sharing their artistry and their stories. I'm pianist Orly Shaham, and thank you for listening. Please come back next week for another round of From the Top. From the Top is written and produced by Tim Banker, with post-production mastering and editing by senior producer Tom Vagley. Our music director is Megan Swan, and the production manager is Matt Dykeman. David Norville is assistant producer. Sound design and editing by John Escobar. From the Top's executive director is Gretchen Nielsen. I'm Joanne Robinson. Special thanks to Lisa Kaiser and engineers Tom Disher at Disher Sound in San Francisco, John Weston at Futura Productions in Boston, and David Robertson, Technical Director of Studio Amario, New York. From the Top is an independent nonprofit organization based in Boston. Our regular host and pianist, Peter Dugan, is sponsored by Susan and Gerald Slavitt. If you'd like to appear on our program, apply online at fromthetop.org. From the Top is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts, on the web at arts.gov. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism, offering visitors information about the arts, culture, and history of Boston. The journey begins at visitma.com. From Indeed, a hiring platform that connects businesses with candidates. Indeed partners with businesses to help attract, screen, and interview from one place. More at indeed.com hire. And from the listeners who support this NPR station. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You know, while From the Top is distributed by NPR, it isn't owned by NPR. It's an independent nonprofit, and so we have to do our own fundraising to make it happen. Please consider making a donation to our ongoing entertainment and education programs at fromthetop.org.